You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Thank you, thank you. Um, I do want to make one acknowledgement as well. I was looking at the stage. Pastor Bobby, dude, what's going on with this? Oh, man. Don't break it. Dude, you've been playing your guitar so hard that you ripped your guitar strings. <laughs> I'm just messing. But hey, I would go ahead and open up your Bibles to uh, Luke 18, 35 through 43. And while you're turning there, I just want to tell you a quick story. A few years ago, the world's longest sermon was preached. It was by a guy named Zach out of Florida. And he contacted the Guinness Book of World Records. And he was like, hey, like, what do I have to do to preach the longest sermon ever? And the Guinness Book of World Records responded and they said, well, you have, to have, you have to have at least three people in the room at all times. We got that this morning. Um, we also, you also have to, it has to be continuous. And so the only time you can take a break is when you're using the restroom. So you, he had to learn how to eat on stage. He had to learn how to do a lot of things on stage. And so what he did is he got groups of 10 people to do three-hour cycles and so, or shifts. And so they come in for three hours, hear a sermon, and then they would shift uh, eventually. And so the shift would probably have to, have to happen while the sermon was still going. And so he ended up preaching over 40 sermons. He preached from Genesis to Revelation. He, he had over 600 PowerPoint slides. And just to give you some context, I have 601 today. And it, yes, lock the doors. Um, he preached over 53 hours. I believe it was 53 hours and 18 minutes. And so I just want to let you know this morning, you're in danger. As Matt Biller would say, this is danger zone. Because if you... There it is. He's got his glasses. If, if you don't laugh at my jokes, if you don't say amen... We're going, we're going for hours. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. Uh, but really, in the next few moments, though, I'm hoping that you can learn something that applies to your life today. I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Come on, how many of you guys know we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us today? Amen. Uh, Billy Graham used to say it this way, that at some point during the sermon, the preacher's voice has to uh, go down and God's voice has to go up in your life. And I'm praying that this message will help you understand how to have godly vision in your life and how you can have sight to uh, blind areas that you may have in your life as well. And uh, this vision or this message will encourage you, especially if you've lost vision. Because we know this, that vision is important. I've titled today's sermon, There's Power and Vision. And from the time uh, our graduates entered kindergarten to the time they uh, uh, just graduated, they had a vision of, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to take this step. I'm going to follow what my parents have told me my entire life, that you need to graduate high school, and I'm going to do this. But then what happens is when you graduate high school is many of us may have remembered this, that you get asked a ton of questions. Like, what are you going to do in your life? What's your next plan? We actually answered that this morning for a few of our grads. 
What college are you going to go to? What do you plan on studying? You probably answer that question over and over and over and over again as you're trying to even discern, even with God, what do you want me to do in my life? But sometimes we are left with giving unsure answers or maybe we have a lack of vision on what we're going to be doing next. And also, I mean, really, we live in a world that's constantly changing, so we need to have vision, but we need to have clear vision on what God is doing in our lives. If I, took, if I could just have you raise your hands as a response, like how many of you guys would be able to say, I know what God is doing in my life currently? I know what God is doing in my life currently. Yeah, there's hands that didn't go up, and sometimes like we just need to have that fresh vision of this is what God is doing in my life currently. And there are several accounts of Jesus healing blind eyes in the New Testament. All of them were different, but all of them were unique. I mean, the end result was the same. They all, all the blind eyes were healed. But I think it also tells us something about God, that God deals with us personally. That in this room today, God wants to deal with you personally. And even what God is doing in Havili's life is going to be different than what God is doing in Anna's life. And that's okay because God deals with us personally. I want to take a brief moment to look at three of these accounts of blind eyes this morning. And the first one I want to take a look at is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And that's found in Luke 18.35. It says this, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. And when he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. And I want to pause right there because Bartimaeus may have been blind but he, and unable to see and have the gift of sight. But that didn't stop him from using the gift he did have, which was hearing. He heard the noise. He heard what was going on around him. He was able to use the gift that he did have in that moment to be able to hear what was going on. And I have to ask this question this morning. Uh, how many of you guys compare yourselves to others and try to use gifts that you don't have? Because listen, if I, use the gift, uh, if I use the gift I don't have of singing, then the, uh, you would not get what you got this morning. In fact, what you would probably get is like one of those kids' lullaby songs of like Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I've actually been known for in our youth services for singing, and they love it so very much that I thought I could bring that to the Sunday morning crowd this morning. So can we do this really fast, just entertain? Can we sing Mary Had a Little Lamb? Come on, let's sing it. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Edward, I don't hear you. Mary had a little lamb and his name was Jesus and he turned out to be a big lamb. Just kidding. Bobby, was that good enough? Yeah. Amen, yes. Kyle, was that good enough for the youth worship team? No, she says no. But I don't want to use the gifts I don't have. I want to use the gifts that God's blessed me with. So, so many times we complain about the gifts we don't have. We compare ourselves to others and wish God created us this way or that way, but God created you to be you, so don't neglect the gifts you have. Use the gifts you have for the glory of God. In verse 37, though, they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by, so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. 
And look what happens when people told him to be quiet. He said, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. How many times do we listen to the crowds of people instead of the voice of Christ? Stop listening to the crowd and press into Christ. Verse 40, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you instantly. The man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. See, when I see this miracle of Jesus restoring sight to the blind, I have to ask the question that we're going to have to ask and wrestle with this morning, which is, have you lost your vision of what God wants you to do? Have you lost vision in your marriage? Have you lost your vision on your purpose even in the church? Have you lost vision in walking with Christ? Have you lost vision with sharing Jesus with others? Or in the Gateway Church way, we would say reaching one more. Have you lost vision in the meaning of prayer? Have you lost vision in your daily Bible reading? Have you lost vision on what it looks like to repent? Have you lost vision because of something that's happened in the past? Have you lost vision in your faith? Have you lost vision this morning? And look what the Bible says even about vision in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, and if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Are you stumbling this morning in what God is trying to show you? We are blessed when we have vision from God, and we keep that vision. And again, as it's been already talked about, if you don't know, um, I usually have a much, uh, a lot more facial hair than this. And the Friday, I decided to shave it. Actually, Renissa did it for me. It was beautiful. I didn't have to do anything. I just stood there, you know. Um, but for seven years of our marriage, Renissa has only known me as a person with a beard. She has, a, in a sense, a vision of what her husband looks like. Same as you guys do this morning. The year and a half I've been here, you've only known me as Pastor Sean with a beard. And uh, you have a vision of that. And even Renissa, it's been funny this entire weekend, she would wake up every morning or she's been t- making comments throughout the day, you don't look like my husband. And actually, it's funny because even some students I've saw over the weekend or I've seen over the weekend, they're like, you look like Mario. And the builders were so awesome when they were at the store this morning. They're like, Mario. But you've had a vision of what I've looked like as a pastor some of us in this room need a vision from God. And sometimes what that looks like may, not, may be different than what you think. That the vision that God may want to give you this morning may shift the vision on what something that you think should look like. But in order to do that, we need to understand some keys of vision. And I want to give you some keys to vision this morning. And the first one is vision can be blocked by sin. I think two lost disciplines in our uh, spiritual walk are confession and daily repentance. We've lost what it looks like to confess sins to one another because we're afraid of what others may think. Or maybe we've become too private to do that. You know, I remember 
I grew up in the Catholic Church from like first grade to eighth grade. I went through all the steps, and one of the steps you go through as uh, in the Catholic Church is confession. And it's just like you've seen in the movies, like you walk into this uh, closet of a room and um, there's like a partition and the priest is on the other side. You sit down in the chair and he's like, what would you like to confess to me? And um, so I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't, I didn't want to confess to this priest. I didn't know him. He didn't, barely even knew me. I wanted to be more private. So I walked into this um, closet, and I sat down, and I began to confess, saying, uh, priest, I beat my brother with the golf club. He was bleeding everywhere. And, uh, I, man, I just hate my brother. And whatever. I just started confessing things to him. But what the priest didn't know is I was actually lying in confession, which is, <laughs> that's just something you don't do, right? But, man, we need to have that, those people that we can go to, that we can confess to one another so that our vision isn't blocked. The second thing is daily repentance, We don't daily repent anymore because we've downplayed sin in our life. That uh, I've been reading a book, it's by the the planting pastor here, Jeff Grinnell, and he was talking about how we don't call sin, sin anymore, or we we downplayed it so much in our life that we we mask it with phrase, I'm struggling with this, or I'm working on this, and really what that does in our life is it takes away sin from what sin really is. You see, the more you play around with sin, the more you get disconnected. In Romans 8, 5 through 6, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let's be controlled by the Holy Spirit and not dominated by our sinful nature, amen? One of my mentors would put it this way when it came to hearing the voice of God. He would say, if you haven't heard God in a long time, go back to the last thing he said and obey that command. When it comes to vision, when I can't see what's next, I need to make sure I was obedient to what he said last. Let's be obedient to Christ. Let's follow him. The next key is vision is restored by Christ. When we look at that passage in Luke 18, look what the man did. The man pushed through cultural boundaries when people were trying to tell him to be quiet. I'm running to Christ. What happens when I get close to Christ? He said, Lord, I want to see. Some of us in this room maybe need to push through some cultural boundaries and just get close to Christ again. Maybe some of us just simply need to get close to Christ again because of just things that we've neglected in our life. You know, I could tell you of the countless times of me choosing a cultural boundary, especially when I was in high school, instead of getting close to Christ. You know, I started attending church my junior year, and um, I was that kid in youth group who uh, I was pretty connected. I started going, and I was known as the kid that never stopped going. And I would just keep going, and eventually uh, the youth pastor asked me to preach a sermon. But what the youth pastor didn't know that I knew is I was just going through the motions, of what it looked like to go to church and be part of the church. 
But then it was after high school when I felt like God was calling me to, calling me to ministry. And it was after high school when I decided, you know what, I'm going to get close to Christ. And when the, uh, when that, when the blind Bartimaeus got close to Christ, the Lord said, receive your sight. So maybe some of us in this room, in order for our vision to be restored, we just need to get close to Christ again. Listen, God has an unbelievable good plan for everyone in this room. We were created for such a time as this. Parenting may be difficult right now, but God can restore that vision. Your job may be hard. God can restore vision in that. The transitional season you may be in, God can restore vision. Listen, you may be the oldest person in the room, but guess what? God's not done with you yet because guess what? There's still vision in your life. Your marriage may not have vision right now, but God can restore that vision. Let's press into God and allow him to receive allow us to receive fresh vision. Some of you may need to take a moment this week, whether it's individually or with your spouse, and you're just saying, God, I want to receive from you. God, help me in my marriage. Help me in my uh, finances. Help me just have fresh vision from you. Some of you are going to need that time this week. Just say, you know what? I'm taking a moment to be with God. Lastly, vision has purpose. God's going to give you vision for your life. It's not so that you have an amazing job that pays well and you end up living the American dream is what they call it. And you live out retirement. But look what happened after the man received his sight. It says in verse 42, And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. So let me make something very clear this morning. God's vision for your life is that you follow Christ. Ultimately, that you're following Christ. That you're living a life totally dedicated to him that your life is for his glory and for his honor, that you're praising God everywhere you go, but also sharing Jesus with others. In every area we're in, we're making it better because we are in that area and we're sharing God with others. But sometimes when, it, when we're a Christ follower and just when life happens, pain and hurt comes with it. But vision gives pain purpose. You may be going through some very painful moments right now. You may be experiencing hurts in your life right now. But vision gives pain purpose. Allow Christ to be, continue to be the center of your life even when you're going through pain and you, when you're going through hurts. And Christ will reveal things to you. You know, in my previous ministry, um, Renissa and I both come from divorced families. And even during my time of uh, experiencing that divorce in my family, my uh, dad and mom told me what was going on. And literally, like, it was like God was ordering steps because, like, my friend invited me to church. I was at church that Sunday. And like I told you earlier, I was known as the kid who never left church. Whether I was just following Christ or not, there was something about the church that kept me there. It was something about that family that just kept me being apart. But I didn't know the pain, the pain and the hurt that I was going through, how, what the purpose was behind it until later down in life. 
And so I get into my first ministry position and all of a sudden I, I'm looking around our youth group and it's full of fam, you know, kids whose parents have gone through a divorce. And so right there, Renissa and I are able to speak into those situations, speak into those students' lives. But then there's one instance in particular. Uh, we were getting ready to leave for camp. It was like Monday of camp. The excitement was there. The, uh, we're getting ready to go to camp. So excited, you know. And uh, we we're meeting at the church, and parents are dropping off kids, and the mom was dropping off one particular student. And then the parent, this mom pulls Renissa and I aside and begins to tell us, What's getting ready to happen? And what's getting ready to happen in this uh, teenager's life, she had no idea. But the mom proceeds to tell us that her and her husband are getting a divorce, and that when uh, the student comes back from camp, that dad's bags are gone. And it was a moment of like, Renissa and I are like, what do we do? And so um, we are at camp. And we're letting her know, like, your life when you get home is going to be completely different. But God's got a plan, and God's got a purpose. It's never, we never should blame God for things that go on in our life. But we pursue God and saying, God, would you just be the center of what's going on in every situation in our life? You see, vision of following Christ gives pain purposes. Have you lost vision this morning. I believe God wants to restore it. Worship team, you can go ahead and come up. I'm going to read two more stories of blind accounts, uh, blind eye accounts in the scriptures. And the first one is when Jesus spit on a man's eye. Now I asked Pastor Ben, I was like, hey, would you like to be a demonstrator for this? But he said no pretty fast. But in Mark 8, 23 through 35, he says, he took the blind man by the hand and he led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes, he put his hands on him and Jesus asked, do you see anything? I really want want us to focus right here. He says, he looked up and he said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Now I've read this so many times and something finally clicked. How did this man know what trees look like? He was blind. And there's a couple answers it could be, but the answer I was thinking, he wasn't blind his whole life. He once had vision, but he lost it. So what do we do when we feel like we have vision in our life, but we've lost it? What do we do when we feel like we've had vision in our marriage, but we've lost it? What do we do when we feel like we've had vision in parenting, but lost it? What do we do when we feel like we've done our time in church, but we have but there's still vision for us in our life. Watch what the scriptures say right here. It says in verse 25, once more, Jesus put his hands, his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were open, his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. That tells us who Jesus is, that Jesus is a God we serve of once more. So guess what? We can go to God once more and ask him for vision in our marriage. We can go to God once more and ask for vision in our parenting. We can go to God once more as vision in our life. And when we're in a transitional season, we can ask God for vision in our life. We can go to God once more. 
Do you need vision this morning? Have you lost vision in your marriage? Have you lost vision in your parenting? Have you lost vision in being in the church? Have you lost vision in sharing Jesus with others? You can ask God once more. I'm going to ask that the prayer team members go to make your way up here and just line yourselves up across. I'm going to ask everyone to go ahead and stand up in the room as well. part of our prayer team, make your way forward and just line yourself up across the altar. I want everyone in the room while they're making their way up to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to make this personal because I believe God wants to deal with you personally. If you would say to me, Pastor Sean, I need vision in my life. And when I say vision, I might have, I said a list of things, but it might not be one of those things on the list. It could be something completely different. It could be something that when I say you need vision in your life, you know what that vision that you need. You need God to answer and restore that in your life. But if you say, Pastor Sean, I need vision in my life right now. Would you just raise your hand? I need vision in my life. Yes. Hands going up across the room that you need vision. Lots of hands going up that you need vision. You can go ahead and put your hands down. I want to say one more thing before I encourage you to come up and receive prayer. And it's the last story. The third story I want to share of a blind man's account. It was when Saul, you guys may know him as Paul, he was on the way to Damascus, and suddenly a light came from heaven, and it was Jesus. He came down and it overwhelmed Saul. And it was Jesus saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then there's uh, Saul's people around him saw the light. They could hear a voice, but they couldn't see a man. And when the whole experience was done, Saul, being Paul, was blind. So that his uh, people with him had to bring him into the city, to, to, to Damascus. And there's a guy there by the name of Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, saying, go to this man. And in Acts uh, 9.15, it says, But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And watch the obedience of Ananias. So Ananias went, he found Saul, he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys know we need the Holy Spirit in our lives? Come on. But verse 18, watch what happens. And I'm believing this for you this morning as you receive prayer. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. So whatever you need vision for this morning, wherever you need God to show up and restore vision, I'm believing in verse 18, something like scales is going to fall off your eyes as these ones up here begin to pray for you. That as you begin to pursue God, maybe you come up here to the altar and you just begin to pursue God, that something like scales is going to fall off your eyes and God's going to speak to you directly because God is a personal God. He deals with us personally. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to encourage you to come and receive prayer. But even if you just don't want to pray with somebody, I want to encourage you, come to these altars. Pack them out. Because God speaks. And I believe God is speaking right now. So I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying and when I'm done, come to the altars. Receive prayer. So let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for how uh, you're speaking to everyone here. 
God, I pray for a lot of hands went up in the room. God, I pray you would restore vision this morning. God, there may be people who need to come to know you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would meet needs, Lord, that you'd restore vision, and something like scales would fall off people's eyes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Go ahead and make your way forward. Receive prayer. Pack the altars out. Let's pursue God together. just continue to celebrate him this morning man thank you pastor sean thank you guys for leading us and go in the grace of god today thank you for listening to this week's message from the gateway church if you'd like to find out more about our church such as service times giving and ways to get connected visit us at thegateway.church